This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Blue Wire. Let's fuck this shit. It's only game. I don't have the metronome on, so that's going to be a huge improvement from last last week already. Even though I feel like that really set the tone for like a mixtape of some sort dropping at some point. Yeah, it was like a very, very, very long skit. The ideal skit length time is five minutes flat. <laughs> you were trying to like co-opt Phoebe Bridgers dropping her new album. You know, I just can't have like the co- way, way, way cooler, much more successful and actually nothing much like me version of me uh, getting all the spotlight. You haven't listened yet, have you? I haven't. Probably gonna listen to it um, tonight. Just turn off all the lights, lie on the floor and uh, see what happens. I gotta say, that sounds like something that an Allie McBeal character would do to, like, have a realization. But it would be to, like, the song Torn. Instead, you're gonna be listening to, like, songs about family trauma and um, sexual violence, so... Exactly! So it's just really gonna set the tone for my weekend. Welcome back to our Phoebe Bridgers recap podcast, Puck Bunnies. Dude! I'm Christina, by the way. I'm Audrey. Anyway, so... We would get so many more listeners if this, was a, <laughs> if this was just us talking about Phoebe Bridger. Deconstructing one song a week from what's her what's her new album called? Punisher. From Punisher for the next yeah. 10 weeks. Uh, we could do it. I sometimes feel very bad for people who follow me for like any other, just any any reason. Like if you follow me for any reason, you're going to be disappointed. Right, because 95% of the other stuff is not stuff that you're going to be interested in. And it's the same way with you, right? Yes, absolutely. It's a Venn diagram of one person. It's, and it's me. Yeah, so like, I think this week or last week, Audrey texted me, like, she prefaced a text before she sent me the actual information. She was like, I need you to pretend to be excited about this. And I was like, all right, I'm primed. And she was like, Sean Hannity is, is dating, dating Ainsley Earhart from Fox and Friends. Sean Hannity dated Amelia Earhart. And I'm immediately interested. You like valiantly, though, pretended that it was a big deal, which I appreciate. And that's why, friends, they're your most important, deepest relationships in life. 
That's right. That's Actually, right. I do believe that now, like unironically. Anyway, let's get to the hockey. Um, yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome back to Puck Bunnies. Another week where none of us are supposed to be here right now, and nothing that's happening is supposed to be happening. Brought to you by Blue Wire. Well, just another week in paradise. Uh, just we. I, I feel like by the time this comes out, <laughs> <laughs> how many players by the time this comes out on Monday? Do you think it's what Friday night right now? Yeah. We'll get this out on Sunday night or Monday morning. About two minutes before we sat down to record, the NHL released a statement telling us that 11 players have now tested positive for COVID-19. And that's not counting staff. That's not counting arena staff. That's not counting anybody outside of professional National Hockey League players. Just the assets. Yeah. And, and, and these are just the assets that have been tested right so i think there's been two there's been around 200 players tested so far so that's i can't do fractions famously but that doesn't seem like it's a it's a good amount well it's five percent it's a lot percent i don't know fuck it (laughs) i didn't i didn't come here to to do division but the issue to me isn't this it's just So I was reading the phase two guidelines for like how players were supposed to handle going from self-quarantine to their team city. Mm -hmm. They just said, you guys figure it out. Do what feels right. No, listen, this is this is ridiculous. Like they tell they give them a fifteen hundred dollar travel voucher. That's very nice. No, it's not, I mean, no, because there's like, but they have to get there completely hermetically sealed, yeah. you know, as as per their agreement. Uh, so what's going to happen is there's going to be like a private jet coming from Stockholm. Yeah, they're all going to carpool together. With five beautiful typhoid Marys <laughs> just crawling with coronavirus. It's going to be the Nylander, bro- well, not Alex. Is Alex Elias? Yeah, it's going to be Elias. It's going to be William Nylander, Gabe Landeskog. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm just trying to think of like five beautiful blonde Swedes. Elias Lindholm, both Elias. Yes, yes. It's just ridiculous to think about these angelic boys, these blonde, just gods of men coming Mm -hmm. in on this- Vikings. Like Apollo coming in on this private jet, crawling. With the plague, because Sweden has just been like, fuck it, we ball. We'll and figure I mean- it out. It's fine. So it's Friday. Today started with <laughs> TSN's Bob McKenzie revealing that he uh, had found out that at least one NHL club had had to temporarily close its training facilities during this phase two period because multiple players and some staff had tested positive for coronavirus. Very shortly after that, we learned that it is the Tampa Bay Lightning. The boys, they're back in town. (laughs) And they're breeding. (laughs) This is not shocking, obviously. I feel like last week when we uh, lightheartedly made the prediction the league is not going to um, slow down and grab the wall at any point um, until somebody is hospitalized or dead. I wasn't being dramatic. <laughs> I really do believe no. that. I, I really feel like that we were just siblings in that moment. Yeah. We're like, we're just telling you the truth. Because it, it, I mean, just on this small, small, small scale of like just trying to make hockey come back during the end of the world. It has been like a gaslighting experiment 
of right. just unprecedented nature because everyone is handed these plans with just there's no guidelines for how to make any of these players do anything. Also, not a lot of considerations for the safety of the players at all. It's just not going to happen. Like, and we all saw that. We patently, like, this is not going to happen. But we all pretended like it did. It's like a terrarium of the United States public policy response to this crisis. It's like, if you really want to get a look at how the U.S. is handling coronavirus, just study the NHL for a little bit, because what they're just doing is ignoring it. Yeah, and like, it's weird to have this event horizon happening so cataclysmically across every aspect of our life, just because, you know, I I think that these are things that you and I have come to know about Mm -hmm. the world, that it sucks and it's unfair and that capital always you know serves to hurt Mm -hmm, the most mm -hmm. people possible through a lot of like introspection and thought i never thought i'd be in the cool zone here we are now it's ovechian is gonna get hospitalized with covid so once it came out that uh the club was tampa bay lightning i think they said that three was it three or six players three players but the cherry on top of the sunday of course is uh, I just get a text from Audrey, like I, I'm in the middle of a meeting, it just says Austin Matthews has it. <laughs> I almost like had to mute my microphone just to like let out, a sh- just a scream. We talked about this last week. I was like, it's going to have to be a star and they're going to have to get really sick. Mm-hmm. And oh and my God. One flat week later. So yes, according to one source in Canadian media, Austin Matthews has allegedly tested positive. For coronavirus. So Austin Matthews was quarantining in Arizona with friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, Freddie Henderson. Who has tested negative for coronavirus. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay, here's the thing. I'm trying to take this story with a grain of salt just because it does, like, obviously it's sensitive medical information and there's a lot of debate online because, you know, it's how does it affect the Leafs? Um, everybody's <laughs> freaking out over the ethics of whether or not you can report on somebody's like medical testing records. And I believe, student of journalism here, that it does not violate HIPAA, but it still is a shitty thing to do. As a lawyer, <laughs> we're actually two very good people to be talking about yes. this now that I'm thinking about it. As a lawyer, it You depends. should only ask us about this. As an attorney, um, it really depends on how it was found out right. that he was positive. Because as if it was someone who had access to his medical records and then told somebody else, that would be a HIPAA violation. Like if it was a nurse, yes. it was like, oh my God, Austin Matthews has coronavirus. So what likely happened is that he texted it to a family and then a family person linked it. Someone he knows leaked it or like you know he told told a girl he (laughs) he told some girl in the instagram dms and she uh, so again the leafs have now released a statement saying we're not going to comment on this so to me that means that he has yeah i'm like anytime the leafs don't say anything kyle is berating someone just in a closet and okay the reason that this worried me and like i'm not not even like the like i don't i want my prophecy thing to be true is i'm concerned that if it's already out that he has it i hope he's all right (laughs) yeah and i mean like the players testing positive that we've learned about just today Mm -hmm. this is so obvious and obviously like Hindsight's twenty twenty, but they should have seen this coming. If a single person working in the NHL had any sort of like public policy slash knowledge of the world and current events, they would say, hey, 
maybe we should not open our training facilities back up in Florida and Arizona where cases are spiking. You know, I I believe that. And I don't think that there are all, I mean, okay, like it's an organization. They can't all be stupid. So if you're looking at what the other leagues are doing, they're not the only people who are having training camps in Florida. No, absolutely. And how's it working out for the Phillies who are having camp in Florida right now? They're having all these camps here. And you have to ask yourself, why are they all having their camps there? And if you follow your little nose, it's because there's mo- they're getting money to do it. They're getting money to use these facilities. Right. And, and what's happening is they're waiving a lot of travel requirements and like quarantine requirements for players that are coming in from Sweden and stuff like that. So if, if Elias Pettersson was trying to come to like New York, he would have to quarantine for two weeks. But now it basically bypasses that two week period and he can go straight train camp. So this leads us to how they're trying to proceed and choose the hub cities for, in our mind palaces, what we think of as the playoffs that are definitely going to happen this summer. Yes. (laughs) So the Canadian-U.S. border is still closed. Basically, anybody who's traveling and they're a quote-unquote essential worker or so, Mm -hmm. professional athletes are included in this. Right now, Canada's policy is that if you enter Canada... You have to quarantine yourself for 14 days. They just took care of that. They basically made an exception so they could move it to like Vancouver or Toronto. The other, the issue that gives me a pause is like looking at the rates in Vegas. Yeah. And thinking about how bad the NHL is at putting on any sort of event. I'm thinking about the All-Star game, for example. Mm -hmm. And how are they going to manage to corral these like wild horses into their barns if they're already getting sick at training They're going to have to clear out the entire strip. They should just get everybody, all the civilians who live in Vegas (laughs) are going to have to leave. The National Guard comes in. For like three months. (laughs) Oh my God. No, and this is what's interesting is that I think now, today, what people have started saying is like, okay, the league is now looking at just having their hub cities in Canada because Mm -hmm. the U.S. can't even begin to start getting its shit together. And it doesn't look like that's in the near future. So maybe it'll just be Toronto and Vancouver. It feels very weird because do you we remember can't have anything? Well, no, I, I was I was thinking about this today. Do you remember like the 2004 Olympics when they were like Athens isn't going to do it. And then it's like Sochi, they're not going to do it. And like and now it's us. Yeah, because it turns out that you have to have a functioning society to seamlessly pull off many sports events at one time. Right. And I think for the U.S., that is going to be pulling off the NBA playoffs in Disney World. Would love to see it. Uh, That is apparently what they're going to be doing. They've already released the names of the teams and where they would be probably staying. Um, And it sounds great. Like that plan, it's not going to work, but it sounds like a lot of fun. I like that castle. It's constructed like that mine castle has much better foundation. You know, they really thought about the flying buttresses and stuff. The the NHL's mine palace playoffs, just a pile of shit. It's a nightmare. It's a hut surrounded by a moat. We're all swimming in it, and it sucks. <laughs> this week, hero, <laughs> Puck Bunny's hero, new friend of the pod, uh, Roman Polak. Oh, my God. Set an example that I think, I mean, I would be shocked now if more if more players don't follow what he did. So I've been getting up very early uh, in the morning, just for no reason. And uh, I think I wrote up Audrey just saying, Roman Polak has just left America. So he literally said fuck it and left, and he's not coming back for the playoffs. He was already in the Czech Republic. 
Roman Polak, just for the, you know, the people who are not stars heads, he was up for free agency this summer, but he was assumedly going to come back to play in the playoffs. But he decided, no, he was not going to be coming back to America and has renounced the NHL and his contract and will remain on the continent. If this is an unfamiliar name to you, that might be because... Roman Polak is 34 years old (laughs) and he was a healthy scratch in like the last eight games uh, of the last like 20 that the Stars played. Mm -hmm. So he's a depth guy. He's a depth guy for sure. Okay, but like if someone who's who's made it in the show, like Roman Polak, is quitting... This is, like, not super great for a lot of the other depth guys in the NHL who could go and play in weird-ass leagues in Norway or something like that. So what the NHL doesn't want to happen is they don't want, like, all these other guys who are looking at free agency in the next couple of years to be like, well, shit, my team isn't going to make the playoffs. There's no guarantee that they're going to have a season until, like, next year year next january yeah (laughs) and so like why don't i just go play in my normal country with like socialized medicine because people can go watch me play i can hear the crowds roar my name again sports are slowly making their way back and bet online is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all ufc nascar boxing and soccer matches and if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something other than sports? Bet Online has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. So we got a text this week from a listener who just said, I don't have a question. I just wanted to say that you guys should apply to the Sabres assistant GM jobs. I agree. I feel like we we would do it very cheaply, which seems to be the issue up there right now. Well, so how much do you know about the ownership of the Buffalo Sabres? I know that the Pegulas are married. They mm-hmm. are... Power uh, couple. <laughs> they are frackers. They got that fracking money. <laughs> they have that natural gas money. <laughs> yes. Kim Leenan, feminist hero, is president of the Sabres, and I think he's president of the Bills, correct? So the Pegula family bought the Buffalo Sabres in 2011. Yes. This was at the height of like the fracking boom, and like where if you were fracking natural gas in America, it was like a good time to be doing that. <laughs> So he was incredibly flushed with cash, and he literally said in his like one of his first press conferences, there might be a salary cap, but there's no salary cap on talent. Mm. So he was he, so his goal was to really this is, and this is ironic considering how bad they are, how bad their depth is, is he wanted to develop their uh, scouting. Yes. And he wanted to develop their farm leagues. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to uh, natural gas markets. In the last like 10 years or so, it's not been good to be uh, a fracker. So not only morally, but also financially. Financially is what we care about here. But yeah, I mean, he's already in hell and he's going to be burned on natural gas. So he has lost a shitload of money. And what's very interesting about the time when he bought the Sabres is, is that's around the time when the Ricketts were trying to acquire the Cubs. And so this was a time whenever investment companies and hedge funds were pitching uh, sports franchises to incredibly wealthy people as this basically a way to print money. 
And so that's why, you know, like someone at Deadspin wrote a really great piece about the Ricketts scandal and like just how messed up all that was. But that's what oligarchs did in the late aughts is they bought sports teams, baby. Unfortunately, when you play in Buffalo, uh, you got to be good or people aren't going to come. Right. So it became sort of a death spiral of both his own. So the other thing that he didn't do that was really interesting is Kim. I do want to say, like, before we get into this any further, we're talking about this like the Pegulas died or something. That's not why we're talking about the Sabres. We're talking about the Sabres because this week, Jason Botterell, their GM, got fired like three weeks after... They uh, released a statement saying, oh, no, Jason's going to stay on like he's our GM. He's our guy. But that but that like it's perfect lead into like their leadership style. So like Kim and so Mr. and Mrs. Pagula run a a tight ship. She is just president of hockey operations and then they just kind of do it together. Yeah. Love, Love a mom and pop shop. They basically fired everybody. They fired everybody. They had to rehire a couple people. I believe they uh accidentally fired like an accountant or somebody. No, their IT guy. Their IT guy. Their special vice president in charge of IT. They're like, oh fuck, he's got the password. <laughs> We're locked out of the CMS. We can't get back in. They fired Jason Botterell. They fired their assistant GMs. Uh, they fired the head coach of the AHL team, their assistant AHL coaches, and the director of their scouting program, and a lot of his guys. So like that's sort of what I was talking about is their investment in amateur scouting was just really weird by uh, league standards. And, and so I don't I wasn't a, I wasn't a hockey fan in 2011. So I didn't really know. I didn't read about any of this until recently. But they basically spent a shitload of money just sending random dudes out to games. And so mm-hmm. like his his little network of little birds, they're all dead. We're now. going to like watch 50 Barry Colts games <laughs> in the middle of the winter. It's rough because I feel like as a fan base, it's very easy to blame GMs and coaches and much harder to conceive of like blaming owners because owners are oftentimes not very hands on Mm -hmm. and they're so fucking rich. I do want to say that like since the Pagulas bought the team, it's been 10, nine years, six head coaches. (laughs) They're on their sixth head coach and they're on their fourth GM. So at that point, I just have trouble believing, oh, it's a coaching problem. Oh, it's a management problem. Well, what's so funny is that like it's such a starter billionaire move to Mm -hmm. buy a hockey team because like hockey is one of the few sports where you honestly cannot buy your way into a championship team very quickly. So like if you were if you were a real billionaire, Mm -hmm. you would go and buy a team like on the Premier League and in like soccer Mm -hmm. because then there's no salary cap and that's what they do with Manchester City and you can also do that with baseball. There's a salary cap in hockey, so you cannot do that, and so. It's just such a massive failure of both vision and money Mm -hmm. to have this entire network of amateur scouts trying to build up like a farm team and not having one because that's their whole problem. They have no depth. And it also so much this story has played in to the larger themes of the issues of staffing and hiring and uh, Mm -hmm. diversity, equity and inclusion in the National Hockey League. Like their replacement GM, Kevin Adams, he was working in their business administration department. They were just like, we can give him a little raise. We have one guy left, Kevin with a Y, let's go. They didn't interview multiple people. They didn't, they didn't look outside the organization. They didn't, probably didn't even look down the hallway. 
Yeah, because the Pagulas want to be the ones who call all the shots, and they obviously cannot call them right. It's sort of the same thing that's happening in Ottawa in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. is you have these franchises that are who are being poisoned by the people who own them, who just do not give a fuck, and it's because the other owners do not give a fuck. So I was, like, reading some stuff about this earlier this week, and I... (laughs) Uh, my favorite thing that somebody said was Greg Wyshynski from ESPN said, uh, there's no one in the league who I feel worse for than Jack Eichel. <sighs> that hits so hard. I love him. I feel so bad for him. And he has gotten caught up in all this too, just because, you know, he's sort of the de facto, okay, what do you build a team around if you have nothing? You build it around the star player. Who's also the captain. Who's also the captain. And so he's sort of unfairly, in my opinion, his words carry a lot of weight. And so he gets whiplashed in the media. Like, do you support your coach? Do you support who would... And he's just like, I would like them to... I would like to win, please. Yeah. Can you pick some good guys? Also, I feel very close to him since he's a Scorpio. Gemini moon. Jack Eichel was the eighth best forward in the league this year on the 25th best team. He's on X Games mode every night by himself. He's 23 years old and he is signed through 2026. That's a long time. (laughs) Christina's face, just as she was trying to process the amount of time between now and 2026. You guys try and do that. I can't even think about next week. I was going to say, I'm like, tomorrow seems like very vague. So it's a real, it's a mess up there. What if there was a jamboree, like a bad contract jamboree, like, you know, a debt jamboree, and all the lottery teams got to, like, shuffle? Yeah. Whoa! Wait, that's a good idea. (laughs) So you, like, distribute them equally. Like, you you just shuffle. So you would do this maybe uh, in place of a draft this year (laughs) since we don't know if the season is restarting or not we're just gonna shuffle the guys we've already got we're gonna reseed but just the teams that didn't make the playoffs and and just christina's gonna do it and she's gonna do it only using the v lookup tool on excel (laughs) i'm not gonna i'm not gonna include vibes i'm not gonna include where they want to play i'm just doing pure talent baby and also astrological sign (laughs) should we take some calls let's take some calls I thought Bunny's drawn from St. Paul. If every time a player scored, a fan died, who would win the Rocket Richard Trophy? Weigh in. Thank you. So I had to Google what that was. <laughs> yeah, who do, who do you have? I mean, it's got to be somebody who just actively like honestly i was thinking jack eichel <laughs> well i was thinking i'm like do i get to pick a fan base of who like yeah. if the guy who does it is the one the fans who die so like i'm killing a lot of people in buffalo right i think the slow burn for me would be mitch marner <laughs> who every time he scores another toronto hockey dad who was tweeting at him incessantly for six months telling him to shut the fuck up and take the goddamn deal would would pass away I'm going Galaxy Brain, and I'm going to pick Logan Couture. Okay. When they're in the playoffs. Because think about all the billionaires in Silicon Valley he could kill. You think that he would use his powers? Like, he would selectively kill people? That's not... That can't be how it works. That can't be how it works. I get to pick. Right, right. Yeah, but- like, no, we need, we need to, like, actually... I think, the, like, the real answer to this man's question is to pick the player who doesn't score ever. Mm. Because you don't want anyone to die, right? Oh, then I would go with, like, I don't know, Chris Tanev or somebody. 
It's a great question, though. If you want to be, like, a good person or whatever. Hi, bunnies. Lauren from Indiana here. From a pure hockey perspective, it was a blessing to have the Red Wings season end early. I personally couldn't take much more. However, with the current season being extended, teams who are eliminated from the playoffs might not play until January. In your wildest dreams, what would be the best way for eliminated teams to play or otherwise keep connected with fans until then? I would love to see some sort of team skills competition ranging from actual legit skills to like who can win in a hockey stick javelin throwing competition. I have a couple of concepts here. Okay, go, hit me. My favorite one is that Last week, we talked about hiring plants for the crowd at playoff games. It should be players from teams that did not make the playoffs. That would be so good. It's a little psychologically twisted, but like also could be motivational. You know what? No. Have you seen any reality show on based on like a, a skill? The final episode, they always all come back. Let's go. Let's bring all the losers in. Have you seen So You Think You Can Dance? They all stand on the stage. Also, my logic here is that if you're going to already have like 500 NHL players in one hub city, you might as well have all 800 of them or whatever and just keep them there in quarantine until the season can really restart and we have a vaccine or something. Whenever Audrey and I were like first becoming friends, she told me to read this book, Terranauts, which is about- Great uh, book. Fantastic book about people who go and live in a dome. And wow. In the Nevada desert. Like how cool would that be? Like, when I see questions like this, I'm like, January? And I struggle so much with, like, this is a podcast and it's supposed to be funny, right? But right now we have to deal with the concept of time, which is never funny. (laughs) I don't know what they're going to do. They're probably not going to do much because nobody's going to be doing much until January. I I hope to God that the Kachuk family continues with their wonderful (laughs) miniseries. It's just Brady and Taryn now. So I I hope that they can have fun together. You know what I really hope they do? What? What I really hope they do is they force everybody get a, to get a GED like they're in prison. <laughs> Audrey just took a sip of water. She's about to... <laughs> Forced education. They all have to do distance learning. <laughs> all right, you're going to read Great Expectations and then we're going to have to read an essay about it. Okay, so you think that eliminated teams should be forced to go back to school? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We'll we'll give them tax credits for retraining, Audrey. You can get your full salary. After six weeks. Can I get a ruling on Elliot Friedman's beard? I haven't looked at it up. I wanted to, like, give you my live reaction. All right. Live react Christina reacting to Elliot Friedman's beard for the first time. (laughs) He either, I don't know if you can use this, but he either looks like he's about to cut someone's head off or his head's about to get cut off. The zoom camera does make him look like he is in a hostage video. Okay. Oh, like once you get past like <laughs> everything happening. Once you get past the fact that he looks like Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> he looks really good. He looks tan. No. Uh. He lo- okay. You know what he looks like? He looks like... <laughs> He looks like a professor that I would, like, a really good eccentric professor who would, I would take, like, a great interest in, but who would be a mentor to me in a non-sexual way. Does that make sense? What a concept. Would be nice. A non-threatening man in a position of authority. (laughs) Be nice to me, what? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to read you the next text. Hi, bunnies. We never heard which Avs players have COVID, although it's confirmed at least three of them did. Which of the idiot Avs got corona? 
How did they not all get it since they're constantly in each other's pockets? I'm convinced one of them was JT Comfer, but I'm not sure who the other two could have been. Please wildly speculate on this. Thanks, Jess. I mean, we've talked about this. They've all had it. I think they all have it. But also 99.999% certainty that one of the players who tested positive was Andre Burakovsky. <laughs> Again, like the beautiful lads <laughs> flying over from Sweden. Like he's got it. He they has all have it. it. He was born with it. To like take a macro view of this, just watching people in my neighborhood comply or not comply with various social distancing orders. I'm in Chicago. It's like one of the most liberal cities in America. People are pretty good about it. We're asking men. First of all, men. <laughs> men. Men who had brain injuries to be mindful yes. of like them of anything. I, I don't think that most Americans like really realize how much of an undertaking that is. To Especially get- when we were already asking them to do so in March mm-hmm. when nobody was seeing the effects of this already. And also, again, like just speaking from a purely U.S. point of view. Mm-hmm. Most of the country has not seen this affect their own communities. And no. they don't know anybody who's had the virus. They don't go out and see people wearing masks. Because why would you wear a mask if nobody you know has it? Or you don't have any cases in your county? Right. Because it's denialism is at the whole core of American capitalism. Right. But it's also, and just, also, it's the also NHL. just human nature. It's such a huge thing to worry about. Like, it's so massive if you really let it settle that like, oh, I'm in a global pandemic and 200,000 people are going to die at least. That why would your brain not want to take you somewhere else where you're like, oh, but I don't. Why would it be me? It's not going to be me. Um. So anyway, Andre Burkowski has coronavirus. <laughs> okay. Oh, here's here's an interesting question. Do you think that any player is going to be useless to be able to take a stand on this kind okay, of stuff? Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to say, which player do you think is going to have their third eye opened and they're going to like become woke? So I think that the players who are already pretty progressive are on a precipice of something. I see Holpi and I'm like, he needs a little nudge. Actually, he's probably already there, but he's such a like, he's, he's, he's so not private. Yeah, he's. I can see Jonathan Taze. I wish it was going to be somebody like really unexpected. You know what I'm saying? Like all this time, again, to return to the Dallas Stars, I don't think Jamie Benn ever said anything about Black Lives Matter or or protests or anything. But what if it's because all this time he's like been in his Dallas McMansion just studying pandemics and being like, this is a bioweapon that the Chinese released on us <laughs> that they've been planning for years. And now Bill Gates is going to give us like fake vaccines that will actually spread the disease more. His third eye yeah, is just that awful eye, eye on his teeth, like cracking open. But no, I'm going to break bad in like a positive way. I think it could be someone like Elias Pettersson, maybe. I know. I just wish it was somebody who was dumb. <laughs> we can all hope for like the smart bimbo, but they're not. They don't exist. There's only so many smart bimbos and you and I are already taking up two of the top slots, so... I have two white claws and I and I get concerned about time. <laughs> well, Christina, it's been another delightful week of playing pretend. This is truly fantasy hockey. Yeah, it's like it's, uh, it's just gaslighting hockey. It's like fantasy hockey on steroids is where we're just really pretending that it's going to happen. Do you ever think that we were made for this? Like this moment? Uh, no, I think I was made for exactly the opposite of this moment. Like, I think I was made to lie on a beach somewhere and not worry about anything. Um, and quite frankly, it's an injustice that's, that, that that's not happening. You know what? I think we should just end this episode. <laughs>
we hope you guys are doing better than us. Seems unlikely. Seems like we're all pretty much in the same spot. But if you would like to call in and commiserate or send us questions for next week, you can call us at 774-318-6952. Please remember to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, the other ones. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at PuckBunnies underscore pod or on Instagram at PuckBunniesPod. Um, I'm also going to finish Avatar by the end of next week. So I'm going to probably talk about that on the next episode a little bit. So get ready for that. I'm Christina. And I'm Audrey. This has been Puck Bunny. Bye, guys. See you next week. Bye. Stay safe out there.
For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.